Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 38 of the ClapperCast. This is January 27th, 2020, and I'm Burke. I'm Sean. And we just uh, came off the All-Star break, Sean, and uh, was, uh, as usual, kind of a sleepy weekend. Oh, very. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to want to rename this event the NHL Some Stars game. Just yeah, like we've seen we've seen over the last few years where players, like notably Alex Ovechkin, is just kind of skipping it every year. He's kind of eating that one game suspension, not really not really making a big deal of it, and just skipping on the game. And uh, you you see other players starting to pick up on that too. Like this year, it was Dylan Larkin, I think, was the big one where he basically said, "Don't vote for me. I'd rather have the days off." And uh, that basically just sums up the players' uh, relationship with the game and. The fans, especially those on TV, um, our relationship with the All Star Game. That uh, there's just nothing going on for it. It's not. It's not working. Also, could be said that don't vote for me. I play for the Detroit Red Wings. I don't <laughs> deserve to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could take it that way too. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, kind of nailed it with the NHL some stars. It's just NHL stars who accept the invitation it's just nhl players who are okay to be there for the weekend whose vacations ended early i think there's got to be a record for the amount of players that said no or you know just declined skipped or out something this it was year like over over half the metro was oh i have players, a right? suspicious injury that just came up and i'd rather rest you know last last game before the all-star break you're going and all of a sudden you've got a nagging hip injury that's been bugging you for a few weeks so you want the weekend off like I mean, I'm not going to complain because that's how that's how you make it worse. I distinctly yeah. remember uh, about 10, 13 years ago, uh, Sean Horkoff went into the All-Star game with a bum shoulder and he hurt it during the game and missed probably, I think he missed the rest of the season after that. That's brutal. That's, that's, uh, let's avoid the All-Star game just like we avoid the Olympics, just because there might be an injury. <laughs> there you go. Actually, this could be this could be the player's way of getting back at the league for the Olympics. We don't care about the All-Star game if you don't care about the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I think they already don't care about it, so <laughs> fair enough. It's they're on level playing ground right now. Um, you mentioned Ovechkin. Um, I mean, they probably talked about this last year, but what do you think about him skipping out just because he doesn't want to go? I have no issue with it. Yeah, me neither. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, he's you know, I'm sure they're. I'm not sure of the the language in their contracts regarding these types of extracurricular activities. But he's ultimately got to look out for himself first and foremost, because no one else is going to do that for him. So if he's taking it on himself to skip the game for his own well-being, his own physical health, you know, more power to him. That's exactly what uh, he's got to do for himself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to interrupt here, Dale Weiss just got a goal against the Capitals. Dutch Gretzky strikes again. Good, uh, good game for him in his 500 career <laughs> NHL game. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I have no problem with it either. You know, he's. He's definitely grown the game a lot in his own right, and I think he's kind of earned the right to to say no. He's mm-hmm. focused on the team, and you know, at this point, it's like give me the extra day off. That's kind of what I want. I'll just rest now, up, play eighty-one games. On the on the other hand, on the other side of that, I guess um, Ovechkin is probably alongside with PK Subban, like the most out there personality in the league especially for him being one of the faces of the of the entire league. So for him to not be at the game is obviously a bit of a detractor from the, uh, the from the appeal of the event. But, you know, like I said, he's got to look out for himself first, and that's totally fine. Yeah, I absolutely think that it would be better with him in it 
but at the end of the day, I don't really care that he's not here because I'm not a person who watches the All-Star game. Did you happen to catch Gary Bettman's uh, bit of a slip-up when, when he was asked to go to Vetchkin? Did, did you see that? Yeah, I, I, I briefly saw it. I didn't see it myself. I saw a report on it that basically said, like, he's kind of okay with it. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, we, I, Bettman said something along the lines of, um, we miss him here, but I understand. And then he immediately backtracked and said, no, I don't understand. We want him here. <laughs> yeah, because he realized it's opening the door yeah. to having nobody show up. And exactly. Having... <laughs> the NHL, we, the, it's just going to be the NHL game at that point. Nobody shows NHL up. NHL game that doesn't count. <laughs> three on three game. Yeah. So how about we, how about we break into the 2020 event? Um, with just a little bit of a rundown of what happened. So I admittedly didn't watch any or didn't get to watch any of the the games on the Saturday, but I watched a bit of the skills competition on the Friday. And honestly, again, the main theme was the general boring tone and informal presentation. Um, like yeah. they've got the event setups going, like they, they cut away from the players participating to show some crappy interview with a random player on the sidelines or something. Mm-hmm. They've got their 30 second interviews after all of the events that are summed up with basically like hockey player cliche interviews which are basically just i'm happy to be here i'm i'm looking specifically at matthew barzell for his because he was literally just 30 seconds of rephrasing i'm happy to be here after he won fastest skater i'm just here so i don't get fined pulling up very very that tone yeah <laughs> but like watching it there's very little to keep anyone engaged it's there's no excitement there's no interesting things happening it's just it's just a very weird experience unless you're there probably it's better yeah i'm sure it's better in person um this year this year they did have a couple of new things that were kind of interesting um so this year they've kind of expanded on their on the presence of the women hockey players at the at the weekend so they had a three-on-three a little two two period three-on-three game between um team canada and team usa all women's all-stars which was actually a really cool little game and uh it was it was good hockey as well for for the all-star weekend especially that they were it was fast-paced like back and forth there was quite a bit of fancy fancy stick handling moves like a lot of good stuff so that was a that was a fun game to watch and was there any pierre mcguire corndog antics no they seemed to i uh i watched the sportsnet one feed so i didn't get to see too much pierre other than him in the background on their cameras trying to get interviews with people i didn't see any weird sexual pierre moments that came up during the weekend so i'm assuming that there wasn't any but yeah i think i think nbc learned her lesson from last year keep them away from the women players yep (laughs) yeah and uh the other the other event they had they brought in this new i think it was called shooting stars event oh i saw that basically that that like dude perfect uh like trick shot from the stands i think Mm-hmm. is the general sense of that where they had like a platform set up um just above i want to say above the first or the lower bowl and a bunch of targets set up around center ice and then one was like in the far net but um mm-hmm. the players just kind of shot pucks from there and tried to score as many points as they could the targets were numbered with different point values and you know that type of thing but okay. um it was horribly executed this year mm-hmm. so they basically had this um the main target was 10 points it was the highest value and it was like a replica of the st louis arch kind of right it right in the middle of all of the all of the targets um and all of the players um agreed to only go for the 10.1 as like a general like just a gentleman's agreement or whatever 
So yeah, you just have a whole bunch of guys shooting for that one. They'll occasionally miss and hit like a two or a four pointer, but um, it didn't really, it wasn't really interesting to watch because you just have them going for the same one over and over. Like there is no, there's no like strategy, no thought into it. It was just, and I'll just rip it this way and see what happens. So I think they can, they got to tweak that a little bit. I saw that one and it was Patrick Kane that ended up winning that. Um, did they like just like randomly gave Ryan O'Reilly extra shots? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what happened weird. is that on Ryan O'Reilly's last puck, they brought in Brett Hull to take the last shot. Then Brett Hull went and completely flubbed it, and it went nowhere, got nothing. So um, I believe it was Kane and Marner were tied at the time, and they kind of led the charge to give O'Reilly another shot at the you know, at making the finals because he was like within within range of of Kane and Marner at the time. They yeah. gave him another shot to get that that one. I think he missed, and then they also brought him back in in the final round as well. Just because, just, just for something to do, yeah. Yeah, I was watching just, that just at for the you gym know St. Louis stuff. It was on like closed captioning, so I couldn't really follow what was going on. But yeah, yeah. So that was one that was one of the main kinks to work out too. I thought like just kind of I saw figuring... like a uh, Keith Kachuk shot and did really bad too. Yep. Randomly, because both of his sons were in it. Yep. Exactly. So they they that that event was the Kachuk family reunion, basically. Yeah, Matthew and Matthew and Brady both participated in in it. The St. Louis special. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of uh, Matthew Kachuk ripping off his Flames jersey for a uh, Cardinals one? That was blatant fan service. I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm always okay with that, but it was just kind of like, all right. <laughs> He had like a Yadier Molina jersey on, I think, and it was it was Molina, so whoever that would be for Cardinals. Yeah, it was like, all right, okay. <laughs> I don't think the NHL is going to be too particularly happy with that, considering it's the NHL All Star Game, and they've got their players ripping off their jerseys for the other leagues. There was a bunch of um, Blues players that showed up with like Chiefs jerseys in the um, yeah in like the on the red carpet. Like uh, Bennington was wearing like a Patrick Mahomes jersey, and I think a couple oh, wow. other players were. Yeah, I don't know how the league is gonna be about that branding. <laughs> yeah, NHL play- yeah, can't deal. even get their players to wear their own gear. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, like it's the Super Bowls like in a week, so yeah, you know, everybody's hyped up. I don't know, just fan service. Yeah, that was the thing. Like cards is kind of a weird one, but yeah, I think whatever. I think they asked Matthew about it afterwards, and he basically said like. He spent a lot of time growing up in St. Louis, and that was just like a part of a part of his experience there. He wanted to like express like a big part of uh, a big part of him growing up there to to the city, to the fans, and all that. So he should have just pulled off a jersey and had his dad's number on a Blues jersey. Yeah, that would have been even better, actually. <laughs> I don't think the Flames everyone would everyone would have, like it. hockey fans would have eaten that up. Actually, oh, the Flames wouldn't have liked it, but like <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, going back to that event, like I don't exactly know what they could do to tweak it to like make it a little bit more interesting other than maybe like making the smaller targets bigger and the bigger targets smaller and spreading them out a little bit more. So there's just a, it's like players can't just all go for the exact same one. Like you kind of put some thought into where you're going to shoot to try and maximize how much you're going to get. But um, it'd be an interesting one for them to bring back just because it's so different. At the end of the day, it's better than that Gatorade branded flip the puck through the post <laughs> oh, thing God. that they had. That was just actually that's got to be the premier event. Yeah, yeah, that's the the top seller. Yeah, that's huge. Um, <laughs> they brought Terrible. back that uh, like 
save streak thing. Mm-hmm. This to me was the highlight. I don't of like the, the save streak uh, because not because of the event, but because Jacob Markstrom said "fuck me" <laughs> or, <laughs> or "fuck you" or whatever, like on live so TV. I do remember that. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, that was a good one. When Roman um, he also had that bet going with the Exa about yeah. if he gets a five or not. So there's just like some cash sitting on the boards or something waiting for him when he gets five saves in a row. Yeah, and then he won and then he gave it to like Kopitar's kid or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of all people. Yep. Um, yeah, I uh, Hurdle, I don't actually like the save streak very much. Hurdle did his uh, little Justin Bieber oh, God, yeah. mask on Bennington with that. Would have been kind of funny if Bieber actually was there, but then you'd have to actually have gone to the All-Star game. Yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> <I don't laughs> so. Um, so, yeah, speaking of Markstrom swearing on live TVs, uh, Green Day did too. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong swore and said, like, get the fuck up or something. Like, He's like, get, get your songs. fucking hands up, I think. Something like yeah. that. Sound like he was trying to rob them. <laughs> so it's the NHL is just continuing this tradition of having artists just swear during live performances because they had that with Snoop Dogg too. He was playing yes. like still DRE or something and like just had like the first and in the first five seconds that song says like motherfucker or something. Mm-hmm. Wow, great job. You guys didn't even let him know to like this was a clean event. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I also I, I feel like I'm trying I'm trying to like picture being in there and I'm just wondering what would prompt him to say that. And I'm just imagining the crowd is completely disinterested, not even paying attention. Like no one's no one's engaging or like cheering on the the band performing. So the singer's just like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? Just like get into this." Demand <laughs> you you yeah. applause. Yeah, looks like that's a thing at concerts, right? Like, in like getting like the audience is actually like like dancing, cheering along with the band and stuff. Well, yeah, they paid to be there to see them, but in this case, it's like, well, you're kind of just secondary. Yeah, you're like an opening act, so. That's that's that those musical performances are just one thing that the NHL uh is really behind the times on. They just they suck at picking relevant and like good performers for now, right? Yeah. It's usually either someone no one's ever heard of or someone who is relevant 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, that's probably not by accident. It's probably because anybody who's actually good will probably want like a cut of like a larger cut of the ticket sales or something like that whereas very good point. bands that are like old older not as relevant will probably be cheaper <laughs> very good point we'll pay you an exposure bro yeah <laughs> <laughs> internship on on the performers yeah <laughs> one one thing that i noticed this year in particular watching watching a little bit of coverage from the weekend that st louis did really really well especially in the TV presentation, was like a huge influx of the alumni. They basically had all of these um, alumni coming in and participating in the events and being like part of part of the on-ice activities. Like they had Al McInnes come out and take a shot in the hardest shot competition. They had Bernie Federico come out and um, Warren, Warren Petrangelo up for accuracy shooting. They had Hull and Kachuk come out for the uh, Shooting Stars one. And... It got to me thinking, like, to try and figure out a way for the NHL to make the whole thing a little bit more interesting to watch is, like, utilizing those team alumni and the team heritage and, like, hockey heritage in the city or in the area to actually create presentation and, like, storylines and narratives and stuff. Because, like, we know damn well the players aren't creating anything like that on their own, on the ice. 
as we yeah. see with their the interviews they gave on the ice where it's just like oh yeah it's a fun weekend you know i'm glad glad to be with here the guys just happy to be here you know stuff like that and the the main like interesting event or whatever that happened by a player was like you mentioned hurdle wearing a beaver mask in the save streak event mm-hmm. so like it kind of takes the pressure off the players to do that type of stuff because they're not really going to do it it gives the league more control over what's presented and it gives the broadcast teams actually to go over and like do in the gaps in coverage rather than more of those random interviews no one no one's interested in and just going over the same like five talking points yeah because like when ovechkin was there he was gonna he was good at that stuff like creating moments memorable moments like his shootout antics like you know the two sticks and silly hats the, and stuff like yeah, that yeah the tourist the tourist outfit was my favorite of ovechkin's yeah. yeah just all sorts of funny stuff but having yeah. those alumni will give you some some more cool stuff but it was it was kind of weird like the al mckinnis shot that they like faked the speed because <laughs> oh, his they? harness yeah um his his record his record from like an actual all-star game was 100.4 oh, okay and then he shot 100.4 exactly and see i just watched it live and i didn't look into it after so i just assumed it was he shot yeah low, so he was like the first guy to shoot and there was like something or like if you shot over 100 there was like a yeah if you beat mechanics they donate to charity basically yeah um and so it's just kind of funny that it was the exact speed that he got, you know, like 20 years earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, with okay. a, and he had like a wood stick and he's like in his 50s. <laughs> it's just <laughs> kind of funny. And then um, apparently like the next person to shoot, like they had to turn the radar gun on. So like it wasn't yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> first one wasn't, reco- wasn't recorded. He had to redo yeah. his first attempt. Yeah, because the radar gun wasn't on. So Interesting. Okay. Good to know kinda, that. Kind of. Like they could have, they could have done something so funny with that. Like they could have done like two hundred, or something yeah. like ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like oh, he still got it. <laughs> like yeah, clapped absolute bomb. <laughs> like that, yeah, that's actually a good idea. Like just the complete, like not a joke, but like just something fun to actually happen. Yeah. So there are some people who were like, oh, this is kind of kind of weird online about that. But I mean, at the end of the day, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But. They could have had fun with it. They could have, like, make, I think... try and make it look like he shot. Because, like, if it's the first one, so no one really, like, can really tell what speed it is. Yeah. But then after, like, people, like, if you watch it, like, it's noticeably slower. Right, right. That would be, a, that would be the indicator. So it's just kind of like, well, you had an opportunity to, to make it, like, pretty, <laughs> like, funny and silly and just, like, mm-hmm. tried to make it look real. But it was it was cool to have him have him there. Yeah, yeah. So like I thought I thought the whole involving the alumni in the in the on ice stuff was pretty cool because mm-hmm. like that's that's something to help like for for a lot of us fans like we're we're on Vancouver Island right and we're we're not like really engaged with St Louis's hockey crowd so it's really cool for us to get to see all these alumni and then stuff coming in and participating. And it teaches a lot of fans everywhere about these like historic all time greats that they might not get to see otherwise participating in, in with the current players. Like it's a really cool little, little segment. Yeah. It's kind of a neat way to like get people to experience the city and the culture of blues hockey. Mm -hmm. If you weren't already 
tired of it from them winning the cup. <laughs> but honestly, uh, yeah. honestly, the story of that that cup winning team is totally fine to get over overplayed. There's yeah. a lot going on there, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was cool to see like Layla Anderson doing like the introductions for the Blues players. Exactly, all four of them. Conspiracy. Remember, remember when there was the fan vote for everybody, and the the host city would just get all the player spots for their their team. Montreal had the entire starting lineup that one year. <laughs> just extra entries, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that kind of that kind of finishes up the skills competition. Um, like I said before, I didn't actually get to watch any of the games, so I don't really know what happened. If you had any any feedback on that part of it, um, floor is yours. I did not really watch any of the games either. I saw a few highlights. I saw Quinn Hughes got a goal, and Gretzky was kind of amazed that he was a defenseman <laughs> he also <laughs> that's actually a good sign to like, impress Gretzky he's, he's probably got better hands than me or something like that but uh typical typical Wayne yeah other than that there wasn't really much that I saw online afterwards um was it Drysidle scored and Kachuk assisted or Kachuk assisted or scored with Drysidle assisting yeah, Drysidle scored on a Matthew Kachuk pass. That was actually a pretty nifty play, but uh, he did not, in fact, leave the ice. Didn't even joke about it, which is kind of a shame. I feel like that's a that's a lost opportunity. That as soon as as soon as Kachuk like sent the pass over to Drysidle, he just turns around and heads off for a change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sends the pass out to no one. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I feel like that would have been the better story. Nope. Um, but yeah, I guess the. The uh, Pacific won the tournament ultimately, so I, the Pacific is very clearly now the best division in the league. So everyone who's talking about the Metro having all the top teams in the standings, you can just shut your mouths because the Pacific won the All Star game. Yeah, that's a very meaningful victory that makes exactly. a lot of difference. <laughs> um, yeah, David Pasternak got the MVP of the game. I think he had what four goals and two assists along those lines. So he also won a car with that, as is usual. He really needs the extra help. Just when you get a Honda. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I think someone someone crashed into his Porsche recently, too. So this is kind of a, a loaner vehicle, I guess you could say. If it's still getting Right. Repaired. Yeah, I remember seeing that on uh, on Reddit. That somebody just crashed a car into him and then took a selfie with him. Yeah. Like, what a weird thing. It's like, oops, crashed my car into you. Oh, oh crap, you're David Pasternak. Can I get a picture? <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's cherish this moment that you're yeah. really happy about. <laughs> I just caused you a lot of annoyance and, and minor inconveniences. Can I get a picture? <laughs> kind of bizarro so the nhl tried the uh, player tracking out again in the uh, yes. all-star game and uh i think they've said that it'll be ready for playoffs this year that's what it sounds like yeah they're gonna have all the playoff teams are gonna be ready and then it'll be a full rollout in all arenas at the beginning of next season i wonder like i guess there may be a benefit there but it's I gonna be know. great for behind the scenes stats because they're going to have so much more data on players and especially with like speeds and um, like positioning on the ice, I think too, is a big one that it's going to be huge, huge, huge for advanced stats for behind the scenes stuff. Um, in terms of TV viewership, I really hope they don't have the puck tracking on very often because that was once again, very not appealing. It basically just looked like someone had a, like, it looks like when the weather people are drawing on the screens, and someone was just like drawing the puck track with that. Yeah, I really not, hope that they don't work. have that. And I also don't hope I hope that they don't have like the player 
name bars just on the screen 24-7. Yeah, that would be that would just get in the way and interfere with the game. Um, I do, however, like what they did. I saw in the in for part of the women's game that they had when a player picks up possession of the puck, the name bar would flash. I right. like that idea because it kind of just helps keep like tabs on players around the zone. I like it on replays, but not live action. Yeah, fair enough. I think like on replays, like if it'll just um, like tell you who they are, because a lot of that stuff like gets superimposed on after the fact by like the network, so it would be just like automatic now, so that would make sense. But I don't want it to interfere with interfere with the game. I don't know. Okay, yeah, it does. Sure. It does like get in the way, of course. Mm-hmm. It'd be it'd be a weird change to try and adjust to. Change. That's bad. I don't want that. Yeah, no, we don't like change. Leave that out of my hockey. We need to we need to go back to the seventies. Yeah. Revert That's all the, the rule changes. Back to <laughs> you know what? Get rid of this offsides rule is a really bad thing. Let's just get rid of it. Get rid of icings. Yep. No the forward passing either have a field day. Every NHL game or every actual game that you watch where the doc is commentating on, he just talks about the icing rule and how Boston and New York Rangers had that game where there was like a million icings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. look, I know trivia. Yeah. Yeah, we get it. You say that every game. Well, he's got to he's got to have something to say when he's not saying waffle boarded. Yeah, that's true. He's got to he's got to have something something to fill the gaps, right? Well, is there anything else about the All-Star game that uh you wanted to bring up? No, I think we've we've more than worn out that that weekend. <laughs> If you can't tell, neither of us are really super into it. Yeah, it's just, honestly, it's like I said at the beginning, it's the NHL Some Stars weekend. Some players some players show up, some don't. It's not very appealing to watch on TV. No. And it's not very interesting to watch the hockey either. There's no I one's really... super butthurt that there's no hockey games on. Basically, yeah. And like, we've now, now, now there are games back on again. The, the league started up. So there's actually something to watch, but we kind of had like a week with no hockey, so there wasn't a whole lot of stuff going on. But um, off the ice, there was some st- interesting stuff happening. Like uh, this uh, dad sued the Philadelphia Flyers or and or Gritty. Oh yeah. Because apparently Gritty punched a 13 year old kid in the back, and uh, yeah. this this was this was reportedly at a public event, like an autograph signing or something. And Gritty took a running start and just punched <laughs> this kid in the back enough just to leave a Vulcan bruise. Punch the kid with a running start. Yeah. And like, how how the fuck does nobody see this when it happens? Because like, this was a month ago at least. No, apparently it was in like November or something. And it oh, was, it was in November like, even. Oh my god, it was at like some event. And then like, <laughs> it's like the the dad is like a season ticket holder, and he only brought this up because like, uh, he's just complaining to try and get attention. Basically, yeah. I mean, the Flyers did an investigation. They found no evidence to support this claim. And it basically it pretty much just sounds like a guy looking to grab money and attention for himself. It's just it was like the greatest Philadelphia news article ever. Yeah. It was like gritty being investigated for punching a child in the head. I thought it was an onion article at first. So did I. I thought it was like, a I, joke. I opened it I opened it up and like, oh, this'll be a good joke. And then I, I close it and I look at the comments on Reddit and it's like, wait, this actually supposedly happened? Free gritty. Hashtag free gritty. And like the thing is, this is a very gritty thing to do. Oh yeah, like, it fits. It fits the gritty personality. So it's like it's on no brand. way it would ever happen, but it, it's on brand exactly. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it just punches a kid in the back of the head. <laughs> I didn't know that running start thing though. That's pretty hilarious. That's what I, that's what I read. Is that there's actually a running start supposedly too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, did you see you... Gritty banging that garbage can with the Astros logo on it? No. He was at a game. He was. He was banging. Oh, a... Gritty's the reason they got caught, isn't he? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Just poking fun at the Astros, like sign stealing with all their yeah stupid fucking techniques that they had. Yeah. If Gritty bangs the garbage can twice, it's a fastball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Kevin Hayes had like a tweet where it was like, "I'll pay for your legal expenses, Gritty." I saw that, and it's just like a photo, a Photoshop of his head on Gritty's Gritty's body. It was me. <laughs> it was me. Oh, man. It's me, Gritty. Yeah, that, that was, was that was that was quite the quite the read and quite the story to follow up on through the week. Yeah, I was I was kind of disappointed that Gritty didn't show up to All Star Weekend in like a jail outfit. You know, and like, he did, however, show up in a in a jean outfit, I think, right? Yeah, he had like a jean jacket and and denim cut off shorts. shorts or something. So again, kind of on brand. I think, but... uh, I think Gritty's setting the fashion statement. Yeah, that's that's got to be what's uh what the rest of the league shows up in next year. He is the best, the best mascot. <laughs> that's like <laughs> what an amazing job they did with that mascot, though, bringing him in and just like. It, everyone immediately latched onto it <laughs> as just this this interesting weird entity that everyone was just horrified but completely intrigued by. Yeah, because they just like announced it, and there was like some like shitty pixely photo that someone took at like a press conference, and they were like, "Apparently, this is Philadelphia Flyers' new mascot, Gritty." And it was just like, what the hell is this thing? And then like the first thing that he did was like create a Twitter account and like insult the Pittsburgh Penguins. And everyone was like, yep. <laughs> this is really, board. This is really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And even even like after, like now that you know he's in kind of ingrained or like uh onboarded into the organization, like the stuff that they do with him and the the personality that he's taken on yeah. is just <laughs> it's just on point. Oh man! Like he's one of the. It's one of the best stories in the league, generally. It's pretty. It was a very effective. Yeah. Like unveiling of a mascot. It's got to be one of the best of all time. Oh, for sure. Pretty great. When you compare that to a couple years ago when Edmonton <laughs> unveiled their mascot, <laughs> the, the like near universal hatred for for Hunter the Lynx when the Oilers unveiled unveiled that mascot compared to the flyers doing their their monstrosity reveal <laughs> one worked and one didn't the uh, the article that we're talking about is called did gritty punch a 13 year old boy in the back philadelphia detectives <laughs> are investigating like that that title like i go back again like that title just sounds like something that's in the onion yeah or like some sort of random satire site yeah and he's been acquitted statement from flyers regarding an allegation that gertie punched a 13 year old boy in the head quote we took greenwell's allegation seriously and conducted a thorough investigation and found nothing to support that claim gertie's free (laughs) can you imagine if like say for example this ended up being a criminal thing and i went to court can you imagine gertie showing up in court Yeah, I think it, it it just screams like a like a publicity stunt, you know? Oh, for sure. It's so funny. Uh, I almost wish that like it was like so we just have this like gritty versus Pennsylvania or something like that. <laughs> just I can't wait till that cited as precedent and something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as per the gritty versus Pennsylvania, twenty twenty. 
you are allowed to punch children in the back of the head when you chase <laughs> the mascot. Yeah, as long as you take a running start. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're wearing <laughs> no standing cross. stars, you got to run. <laughs> oh man, gritty um, is just the best. But historic, historic. Yeah. Oh, uh, one quick uh, one quick follow up on something we talked about last week with um, Alex Ovechkin's longevity and durability. As we were talking about him earlier with skipping the All Star game for these very reasons. Over his career, I've got some exact numbers here. He's played 1,133 games, and he's only missed 31 in total. 17 of those were to injury, 10 of those to suspension, two for family reasons, one because he overslept, and one because he was resting in game 82. Like th- those are absolutely insane numbers for that length of a career especially for his play style yeah he is very durable russian machine never break no not at all he must add some german engineering in there no then it would be over engineered (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's really impressive though like that he's been around for so long and that's you know only 31 games missed it's just insane you compare him to like sid and no market can yeah. sit, but like Sidney Crosby's missed a substantially higher amount of games. Oh, he's missed like he's missed like an, almost an entire season, multiple occasions. And like that's that's the other thing too that's amazing about Crosby is like how good he still is and where he is in like all time point standings and all time great talks. Like how much he's dealt with through his career and he's still in those discussions. Like how good would he how much more would he have done if he was healthy for longer? Yeah, he would have done a lot more. Like those are that's <laughs> gonna be like that's gonna be our generation's like Yager if he didn't go to the KHL type thing, right? Yeah, he missed some ch- some big chunks of uh, his his peak too, right? So big time, like when he right got around because right around twenty ten twenty eleven. Yeah, and that was like that when he missed like full years. Yeah, yeah. Um, this isn't NHL All Stars related, but. It's AHL All Star related. Did you see that Martin Furk had a two mile per hour slap shot? I did see a replay AHL of that. That All-Star is insane. Game. What a bomb! Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. He beat Chara's record. What was Chara's like? One hundred six or something? Some yeah, I believe so. Something along those lines. Like, but. Uh... That's some NHL skill level right there. He's got to get called up right away, I think. If nothing else, just throw him on the point on the power play. Yeah, just let him play D now. Pass yeah, why not? To the point. It's pretty insane. Apparently, some guy in the KHL did 114 miles per hour before, but that's, uh, that's Russian, I don't trust Russian that. numbers. It's pretty, yeah. pretty uh, skeptical on that. But yeah, very I, I would not believe him. that. <laughs> what the Ferk? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a quiet week, though. Otherwise, it was. But one another another thing. This this sort of broke uh, um, last week, but right before the episode we recorded. But uh, the full the full thing came out throughout the week here with um, Connor McDavid's actual injury from last summer. All right. So just to kind of quickly summarize what's gone on is that over over the summer and through the beginning of the year, they've been recording like a documentary about uh, McDavid's recovery from his injury last at the end of last season when in game eighty two. Um, Mark Giordano took him down on a drive to the nets and he had, flew right into the post, like knee first, knocked the, knocked the net off and uh, was down on the ice, barely got off on his own and 
over the summer, like the the organization was completely quiet on what the injury was, how it was going, like any any information was completely withheld. Even even from Ken Holland when the Oilers were interviewing him for the GM job. Like, Colin didn't know what was going on with McDavid when that was happening. So they've released this documentary now about what the injury actually was and the, the recovery that he's gone through. And at the time, we, we kind of knew about, like, a partial tear to his PCL, I think, was the, the public knowledge of it. But it turns out he had a completely torn PCL, um, some sort of rip through the lining in the back of his knee joint, um, multiple other random tears in the area and a crack in the top of his tibia, I think. And at the time, the doctor he was seeing needed an answer within like 24 hours on whether or not he wanted to surgically repair the knee, which at that point would have been a year-long recovery involving a whole bunch of like equipment and screws and pins and stuff to keep the knee back together. That would absolutely, well, likely have altered his ability to play and like the the trajectory of his career, like he would not have been able to skate like he had been. And instead of the surgery, he opted for this intensive rehab program of like eight to 10 hour days all summer to cut down, you know, what would have been like a year plus with never really recovering fully to this six month program that has got him exactly where he was before. Like he has not missed a step on the ice this year and he's having one of his best years ever. Mm-hmm. And that was at the end of the summer, we I remember us talking about kind of being worried about what the injury actually was because he started seeing some like anecdotes that the some like personal stories that the the team had been hiding how bad it actually was and he's not going to be ready for the start of the year. And then he you see him like he skipped to the BioSteel camp and he missed the first couple of preseason games and we were kind of like, is he actually going to be ready? Like, is this worse than we thought? And it turns out it absolutely was worse than we thought. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, good on the team for keeping it so tightly wrapped up like there was not a leak in that ship no and that's actually been a major issue in edmonton for a while is random leaks and people not keeping their mouth shut on stuff so that's probably for the best and i'm as as stressful as it was not knowing if like the face of the franchise is going to be okay that's probably for the best because then like he was able just to focus entirely on his rehab and not have to worry about like answering pestering questions from the media about it constantly and fa- fans losing their minds all summer that too yeah, apparently he had to spend or he did spend two hours a day in a hyperbaric chamber 40 days in a row as part of his rehab yeah process like the, the dedication on that program was like insane on what he went through i mean he does make like <laughs> what seven figures or no Eight? Yeah. <laughs> eight. It's eight figures. So, I mean, if, yeah. if that was my job, and I'd probably do that. But yeah, it was insane. Just a yeah, crazy and... injury. And you, you really have to think that he's probably going to win the Masters, Masterton. That, yeah, I just saw that. I didn't even consider his name in there at all. And then I saw an interview with some TSN guy, mentioned, or one of the professional writers who vote on the awards, like talking about McDavid being in the Masterton award talk. And I'm like, that actually makes a lot of sense considering what we've just learned. Like I didn't even consider it before, but yes, he absolutely at this point is probably one of the favorites for that. I think he's got to win it. You make a documentary about him rehabbing <laughs> and persevering. And it's just his commitment to the, oh, for sure. the game and, it's basically the award criteria. <laughs> and the the season that he's having too. Like mm-hmm. gotta win it. 
Yep. Yep. Unless someone goes and, uh, like has some craziness, but that we don't know about. Yeah, unless someone has a tragedy that nobody ever wants to have happen to anybody ever. Well, maybe like yeah, like Markstrom or um, Flurry or something, because their their dad died. But I think McDavid's probably going to be a finalist, at the very least. Probably. What uh, what this like this whole thing really got me thinking about is like how McDavid as a player, like his competitive advantage over everybody else is his speed. And, like, how he does everything so much faster than everybody. Like, his first step is so much better, and he just thinks and stick handles so much faster than everybody. That it's crazy to think how his entire play style would be on the line from that one play in a meaningless game. Yeah. And, like, how how would that have affected, like, his career trajectory? If he can't play the same way anymore, like, is he going to be able to adapt his game in a way to still be better than everybody? Or is this going to... Would it have been just kind of like a what one of those what if stories at that point that like oh what if he didn't get hurt? Yeah, it's crazy to think about that he would have had to change his game up when he's he's known for that explosive speed. Well, thankfully he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And knock on wood that he doesn't have to. But yeah, let's hope nobody takes his legs this. out driving into the driving into the net again anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the one guy that uh, hurt McDavid is uh, currently uh, under a suspension on the Bakersfield Condors. Condors. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. Uh, that 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 uh, news broke last week that uh, Brandon Manning got suspended five games down in the AHL for uttering a racial racial slur at an opposing player. Mm-hmm. Um, so earlier in the year, Manning had been doing an okay job on the Oilers roster, and he started to kind of lighten the fans' mood up towards him, and now he has completely burned any bridge that he had with the Oilers fan base and pretty much any fans, hockey fans, anywhere. Yep, I think so. So that's kind of that's kind of the end of his run. <laughs> he just peters himself. He's, uh, he's done. Probably. <laughs> After this contract, anyway. Thanks, Gia. <laughs> on, on, on that note, we've now passed the one-year anniversary of Peter Chiarelli getting fired by the Oilers in the middle of a game. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, let's uh, celebrate. Yeah, I think you're in a better spot now. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to cover this episode? I think that about wraps things up for the week. So uh, if you like what you're listening to, we'd be eternally thankful for spreading the word of Clappercast around with your family and friends. Uh, to keep up to date on the latest content, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. Thank you all for stopping by, and we will see you again next week.